0: pretty good. I don't think I could whistle that much. I think I'd uh, run out of steam or something. I don't know. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you tonight. This has been a fun day for Brenda and I. We got started early this morning, drove out to uh, Gasconade. Most of you uh, may know I've been preaching out there on Sunday mornings. They don't have a pastor right now. So we had a standing room crowd at uh, Gasconade this morning. Yeah, 20 people there this morning, I'm telling you. (laughs) But we filled up every chair, so there you go. So uh, had a bunch of family members that had come in to visit, so that was kind of nice. And then uh, we drove from Gasconade down to the lake, and this afternoon we had uh, the memorial service for my brother-in-law, Brenda's uh, sister's husband, and he passed away back the end of June and so they had his memorial service day and I sang uh won't have to cross Jordan alone for that service and it was very nice and got to see a lot of family members that we don't see they all came in for the memorial service so that was kind of nice and then drove home and had time just to take a little bitty nap (laughs) and then back up here tonight so it's good to be with you and Thank you for the opportunity, uh, thank you Brother Brian for the opportunity to, um, to preach for you tonight. Um, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn over to the book of Mark. Tonight I'm going to preach a sermon entitled, Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda. Have you ever said that? Woulda, coulda, shoulda. All of us have probably had those uh, times in our lives when we said, oh, I would have done that or I could have done that or maybe I should have done that. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about woulda, coulda, shoulda tonight, and we're going to look at the book of Mark, which is my favorite book, and, um, and we're going to look at v- chapter 10 and uh, verses 17 to 22, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22, and if you would, I always a- ask folks to stand up in honor of God's word while we read it, so would you stand with me? And we'll read starting in verse 17 of chapter 10. It says, Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come. Thank you for the songs that we've been able to sing and the prayers that we've been able to lift up our petitions to you. And now, Lord, we just pray that you would help us clear our minds for just a few moments as we look into your word. Help us to uh, find the message that you might have for us tonight. I pray that if there's someone here that does not know you as Savior, that tonight they might give their heart and their life to you. Guide and direct this time, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Thank you. Missed opportunities. You know, all of us have those opportunities that we look back on and we say, boy, I missed a great opportunity there. We live our lives many times saying, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I would have visited my grandparents more, but it was just such a long way to go. I just couldn't do it. Or I could have done better on that test, but I really wanted to hang out with my friends that night before and didn't have time to study. Or I should have devoted more time to service to others, but I was always so tired after work. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Many times our woulda, coulda, shoulda moments pass practically unnoticed. But then at other times, we spend our whole lives regretting that one poor decision, that one decision that we should have done but we didn't. Something that we would have done better or something that we could have done better or something that we should have done better. Today we're going to hear a story where we read the story of uh, the rich young ruler and here is a man who's ready to move through life without any, any regrets at all. He wants life And he wants it abundantly. And he wants it for all eternity. And so this rich young ruler runs up to Jesus with a burning question on his mind. I can see him now just kind of pressing through the crowds. I've got to talk to Jesus. Out of my way, out of my way. And he's excited. He's uh, enthused. He's ready to go and ask Jesus this question. And he comes up to Jesus and falls down at his feet and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It seems like a pretty simple question, doesn't it? And quickly, Jesus turns and, and gives him a very simple answer, doesn't he? He says, basically, he, just, he, he says, obey the law. Obey the commandments. The response of the young man is equally enthusiastic to the question. He says, well, Lord, I, I've done all those things ever since my uh, childhood. Ever since I was a young boy, I've kept those commandments. I've kept the law. And already, already when we hear his answer like that, we can see that this rich young ruler is way off the mark. You see, the problem is that that young man is too focused on the word do. D-O. little small word, but yet that tiny little word represents one of the greatest and most persistent failures in religion and ethics. Jesus came so that we might be released from the power of that word and its crippling effects. Listen to this. If you don't catch anything else tonight, listen to this. Jesus came and did to keep us from having to do. Jesus came and did to keep us from having to do. You see, like the rich young ruler, we miss the mark when we think that salvation, eternal life, we think that it's something that can be won by doing any one thing or even any number of things. You know, there's people all over the country right now, all over this, this city right now, that are hoping that when they get to heaven, their thought is, well, you know, I, I think God, Jesus or God will weigh out my good things and versus my bad things, and I'm hoping that my good things are going to outweigh my bad things. Doing. They, they think it's something that they have to do. But it's not, is it? You see, we inherit eternal life by being lifted up out of ourselves by a devotion to God so great that it'll snap all those chains that are holding us back from following Christ in spirit and in act. So what does does the devotion that lifts us toward God look like? What is devotion that lifts us toward God look like. For that rich young ruler, devotion meant giving up the greatest pride of his life, the wonderful privilege of riches, selling it, giving the money to the poor, and then following Jesus. Now, is Jesus' demand of the rich young ruler about money here? Well, yes, it is. Should we do all that we can to give from our abundance to those with nothing absolutely we just sang a song about that didn't we we need to give we need to share our abundance with others but you see mark's story of the rich young ruler is really more than just about money it's about more than any one thing than we can do to in, uh, or, or that we should do to inherit eternal life you see the gospel tells us that it's never too late for a sinner to come home This morning, one of the ladies in the church where I'm preaching uh, mentioned that they had been praying for years and years and years uh, for this woman to accept Christ. And just, she found out she had cancer. And just before she died, she had accepted Christ. And the pastor had called and said, you know, yes, she's accepted Christ. And And then she died. And we know that she's in heaven because she accepted Jesus. It's never too late for a sinner to come home. It's never too late for us to join in at the banquet table of grace. You see, that's cheap grace if not for the fact that every now and then a window opens in life and there's God present and active in the world. God is moving. He's active. And he's opening doors for us. But then sometimes the window closes and it's too late. In his words to the rich young ruler, Jesus reminds us that When that window opens, when those opportunities come in our life, we have to run through just as that young man ran to Jesus with enthusiasm, with excitement. We have to put Christ first. The story of this young man is about all-out devotion to Christ, being sold out for Christ, putting God above all else in the world. That rich young ruler thought that he, that he had done that, didn't he? He thought he had it all together. In fact, he thought he had it made. When he ran up and asked Jesus that question, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Really, he wasn't looking for an answer. He was just looking for affirmation in his life, wasn't he? He thought he, had, he, thought he was all in. He thought he was set. And then Jesus told him otherwise he didn't like that very much. He couldn't really handle the truth. And so that rich young ruler walked away. You can almost see it in your mind's eye. He was running up and enthusiastically excited, thought he had it all together. And then Jesus told him, no, you haven't got it all together actually. And and instead of walking away enthusiastically like he had run up, he turned and drug his feet and had his head down, his shoulders were sagging. It was opposite of that rapid entrance just a few moments before. And I can imagine that years later that man was sitting maybe on his throne feeling empty and unfulfilled and thinking, boy, if I had only listened to that man Jesus all those years ago. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Now, I suppose that rich young ruler probably was a very good man, maybe a decent man, a fair ruler. It would seem logical to think that, considering his self-proclaimed faithful adherence to the Jewish law. He had said he had kept the law from his youth. But you see, adherence to the law does not gain salvation. Only devotion to Christ can do that. Our greatest weakness as individuals... And as a church community, is the fact that we can be upright, we can be decent citizens of society without ever going on to become really, truly disciples of Jesus Christ with his peculiar flavor of love and costly self giving. But you see, we have a choice. We have plan A, plan B. We can devote our lives wholly to Christ and put aside all that hinders our devotion. Or we can be decent citizens, never quite able to go all in. So we kind of shuffle away with our heads drooping and our shoulders sagging. And there's this great chasm that opens up between us and Christ. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Listen to this story about a couple in a nursing home. There are many people in this nursing home who are plagued by the loss of memory. Yet, there's one man in this nursing home who is plagued by the inability to lose memory. His name is Art. He's just lost his wife of 60 years. And he's tormented by the memory of failure in their marriage. He remembers when they were newlyweds and She accidentally dropped the frying pan, and he cursed her. He said, if I could just have her back, if I could just have her back, she could drop a hundred frying pans, and I wouldn't say anything. He remembers an argument that went on the whole 60 years of their marriage. She wanted him to tell her more often how he felt about her, that he loved her. But he would say, oh, I wasn't raised that way. I don't like to talk about it. I I just like to show it. And she would say, yes, I know, sweetheart, but sometimes I just need to hear it. And he would say, no, no, it ain't my way. It just ain't my way. The last week of her life, she went into a coma. And he sat beside her bed saying over and over and over again, I love you. I love you. I love you. But she never said anything back. She never forgave me. The hour that she died, he was sitting in her room watching television. He said, I would have liked it if she had died in my arms instead. Another man tells a story of his own experience. He said, I can't believe, I cannot believe That when I was a young father, I actually got on that airplane and I flew somewhere to give a speech to a bunch of people who no longer remember me and they don't remember anything that I said. Instead of going to that father daughter banquet with my little girl, Melanie, she begged me to go with her. I can't believe that I did that. And now that I'm older and wiser, I know I made a bad decision. And now I'm ready to go to that father-daughter banquet. But my daughter would say, oh, Daddy, it's too late. I'm not that little girl anymore who needed her father that night. You see, the windows of opportunity open. There's a chance to be a part of mercy and grace, to follow Christ and experience his blessings. A woman was watching television with her teenage son, and she was folding laundry And they were watching some program. And during the program, her son said something smart-alecky. She didn't like it. And so she scolded him a little bit. He didn't like being scolded. And so he smarted off back to her. And she really didn't like that. And so she took off. He took off and ran upstairs and ran into his room and slammed the door. And she said, well, you can just sit up there in your room and stew in your juices. But then something told her that there was nothing more important in the world right at that moment than making peace with her son. And so she put down her laundry and she put down her pride and she went upstairs and she made peace with her son. See, don't miss it. Don't miss those opportunities. The rich young ruler needed something far more than just affirmation of what he already knew. Or even instructions on how to inherit eternal life. You see, what he really needed was the blessing of God that only Jesus Christ can give. And he missed it. He missed it that day. There it is. The blessing of God. In a simple call to put aside that which absorbs our attention and to follow Christ wholeheartedly. Why did he miss it? Well, he missed it for the same reason that many times we do. He was too rich. He was too self-sufficient. He was too proud. Maybe he was too self-absorbed. He didn't need anybody. He didn't need anything. And he walked right out of the presence of God. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. See, the rich young ruler didn't want to hear those words. And you know what? I don't think many of us want to hear those words today either. Yet, on this journey to hope, our promise from Jesus is that what we can put in his hands, we will still possess. What we give to Jesus, we'll always possess. When we give what we have in God's name, eternal life is offered in return. But we can't miss the opportunity that's right before us. We can't walk away from the offer that Christ makes to us. You see, we need to use this time to get those things out of our lives that are distracting our attention. For that man, Art, in the nursing home, it was the need to tell his wife more often that he loved her instead of just watching TV all the time. For that young father, it was the need to go to that father-daughter banquet with his daughter instead of making a speech at some conference. And For the mother with that angry teenager, it was the need to lay aside her pride and make peace with her son. For the rich young ruler who first approached Jesus... It was the need to sell all that he had and give it to the poor and then follow Christ so that he, he might know Christ's blessings. So, the question tonight is what is it that we, you and I, need to lay aside? What opportunities might we be missing because we cling so strongly to something so empty? For some of us, it may be money. For some, it may be a tendency to workaholism. For others, it may be an inclination to seek revenge rather than forgiveness. It was Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant Reformation, who once said, I have held many things in my hands, and I've lost them all. But whatever I placed in God's hands, I still possess. And you see, like the rich young ruler, we can hold on to those things that we have. We can selfishly keep them. and We can spend our lives saying, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Or we can let them go and we can turn and follow Jesus. You see, when we let go of all the distractions, the riches, the pride, the grudges, then we can put that over in God's hands. We can devote then our lives wholly to God. And then we'll know the blessings beyond measure. We'll know what it is to have life and to truly have life abundantly. Thank God for those opportunities that God gives us. Don't miss them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying on that cross so that we might have eternal life. But Lord, so many of us are holding on to things in our lives that are keeping us from being wholly committed to you. Lord, so many of us are going around saying, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Help us, Lord, tonight to turn our lives completely over to you, to place our lives in your hands completely so that we can be wholly committed to you so that we can focus uh, solely on your will in our lives lord help us not to be going through life saying oh if only i would have or coulda or shoulda but help us lord to be committed completely to you lord we pray that if there's someone here that needs to know you as savior that tonight they might give their heart and their life to you so that they too can be wholly committed to you and so they can know the blessings that only you can give. Guide this time of invitation. Use it for your honor and for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing.